There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Hannah Dunleavy, and I want to talk about booze. Alcohol has played a huge role in my life and is responsible for some of its highs and a lot of its lows. I'm interested in what role it plays in other people's lives and how things like age, race, class, sex, religion, geography, profession, health conditions, family history, and good old-fashioned trial and error affect what they drink and why they drink it. I'm not here to preach to anyone. I'm certainly in no position to do that. I'm just looking for a better understanding of alcohol's role in Britain in 2019. This is The Drink. Please listen responsibly. Hi, it's Monday night. I have just come back from a trip to the pub with comedian and mega mind Mr. Paul Sinner, which was really interesting. And I asked him a quiz question that he didn't know the answer to. And I am going to eat out on that for, well, years possibly. That interview will be coming up in a couple of weeks. Coming up now is an interview I did last week with Sam Avery, who is a comedian and a parenting author. I spoke to him just before his show at The Junction in Cambridge. Even though The Junction were nice enough to find us a room to record it in, it's still a tad echoey. There are bits of it where I sound a little bit like I'm in a bin, but only bits of it. And to be fair, because I was stupid enough to make plans immediately afterwards, rather than actually stay and see Sam's show, I probably deserve to be in the bin. Coming up next week, I've got an interview with one of the drunk women solving crime, Taylor Glenn. And I've got loads of other dates in my diary, which is very exciting for me. And if you want to get excited about it, I'd be A, grateful, and B, I'm going to point out, press the subscribe button, and then these things will be waiting for you when they're released. Until next week. Hi, I am here at the Junction in Cambridge with comedian and parenting author Sam Avery. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. We're having a bottle of water. Yeah. Oh, you've lost yours already. <laughs> I've got mine already, and it's it's not even uh, sparkling, is it? It's still. I'm not sure I like sparkling water, to be honest. <laughs> We're not drinking because you're on stage. Yeah, well, I'm doing a gig tonight, so I would never drink before I went on anyway. And I've sort of stopped drinking after I come off as well. I mean, obviously, during the show, I neck about 50 bottles of Jaeger, but um, <laughs> no, I just drink water. But I, I've never really drank before I go on stage because I find that it just takes me... It, it, it makes me have to think really hard about what words to say next and yeah. it makes me swear more and it makes oh, me gosh, timing yeah. go all over the place and it makes me stop listening to the audience laughing because there's a part of me that goes, I don't even care because it's all about me because I'm having a drink, you know, yeah. which is kind of exactly what you don't want to do as a comic. So even years ago when I was just like just starting out I sort of stopped doing doing a couple of painting before a, before a show because it just made me shit yeah yeah I mean I can see that I am um, I was talking to Lou Conran you must know yeah Conran, and about times that we had both done stand up drunk and how it seemed really hilarious at the time <laughs> but yeah. with hindsight it was probably the worst the worst gig that we ever did uh, yeah uh, tell us about your show okay so the show's called The Lane of Parents which is the name of the Facebook page that I, I set up when my kids were born. So I started a blog called The Learner Parents, just about not having a clue, basically. I wasn't trying to delve into any kind of new territory with parenting. I was just trying to find where the jokes were and, and see what was funny. And I thought if I could if I could sort of get five minutes of stuff to use on stage, then then it'd be, you know, worth doing. 
as it's happened, like the Facebook page has sort of took a life of its own on, and, and I've started, I really sort of was quite disciplined at putting what I thought was funny stuff up there every, a couple of times a week, and people started following, which has obviously helped me to get to this point where I'm doing a doing a show. But the show is all about just being a first time parent and not really knowing what's right and what's wrong, and also the fact that there is no right or wrong. There's only your way and what's right for the kids. And, yeah. Uh, and then the second half of the show is all about a tantrum that went on because I've got twins and I'd never be one of those parents who goes, oh, it's, it's, you don't know what it's like because you haven't got twins because I know a lot of people do that. But you could have one kid and it could be much more difficult than having two. But when they're both having a tantrum, then it's there's, there's, it's a no-brainer. It's harder with twins. Oh, well, it's funny you say that. I used to When I was younger, I used to look after some twins and I would say, actually, that was probably pretty close to being pissed yeah. with regard to the pair of I was never really in control of it. I might have yeah. to myself I knew what was going on and frankly a lot of what, what went on was actually quite dangerous Yeah, and we're lucky no one was maimed. When they were a bit older yeah. it was quite useful because they entertained each other but when there was two of them yeah, that needed a nappy change at the same time. It was quite stressful. Oh, that bit's dead hard, yeah. All the logistical stuff at the start is, is really difficult because you just kind of like, you, you've only got two hands. I don't know, anyone with triplets does it. How do you do that? Like, I just no. don't. You must have to, like, get a team in. You know, get like a, I don't know, get some sponsorship deal with, I don't know, someone and get some money in to pay other people to come and... Do you remember when those, you're about the same age as me, The, the Waltons, are you yeah, going to say, yeah? I think that's what they did, didn't they? They, they did. They, everyone just used them as a marketing opportunity yeah. and they got yeah, yeah. sent like 16 <laughs> tons of pampers. Free stuff, yeah. 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 Which they probably went through incredibly quickly. No right? one's offered me any good free stuff yet. Really? Like, and I, I don't want to do any kind of like horrible sponsorship deal with anyone myself, but... If, if people want to send me free stuff, all the stuff I get offered is like, I got offered some, um, like a, a face mask for men the other day. I just thought, <laughs> I thought, like that, yeah, I know, I know, yeah. Yeah, we'll send you four. <laughs> but yeah, the Waltons used to, they, they grew up not far from where I live, actually. We used to see them sometimes and um, people would beep the horn and go, Waltons, <laughs> wave at them. Like local celebs. Yeah, I mean, it would help that they were called the Waltons as well, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. People's minds. How old are your boys? They're going to be four in March. So, so I'd imagine your drinking has taken a, a, a plunge. Since a nosedive. Then. Yeah, that would be absolute nosedive. I, I mean, I used to love a drink. Absolutely love a drink. Still do, but I can't drink anymore like I used to for a couple of reasons. One, the tolerance has just disappeared. Like I can't. Like I put something on Facebook earlier, just saying like the hangover I used to get from six pints of Stella half a bottle of JD and a couple of Jaeger bombs on an empty stomach is now achieved with a small glass of wine. Like, seriously, I get a terrible hangover. I think it was over Christmas, I went out with some old school friends. I had three pints and one little whiskey. And the next day, I thought I was going to be sick all day. I was like, what has happened? That's yeah. like, because that used to be like lunch, you know. <laughs> so tolerance has gone, but also the fact that I don't really want to have a hangover because it makes me feel like it really guilty and also, it just makes the day difficult. If, if I'm with the kids, it's yeah. dead difficult. And if I'm not with the kids, I kind of want to make the most of the day. It's really sensible, isn't it? Yeah. But I just feel like I've, I've done too many too many times I've had a hangover with the kids and I've just been willing the day to end. And I turned 40 last year and I'm thinking, I don't know how many more days I've got left. You could probably count them. I mean, yeah. hopefully it's a high number. But I don't want to wish any days away. I've got a friend that used to get drunk in the week rather than at the weekend, because he said that he would rather have a hangover and be paid for it than oh. have a hangover on his own time, when yeah. he could be doing something that was actually fun. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. I used to love going into work, like, like proper stinking. Like, But I'm talking about years ago when I had jobs, I just hated, yeah. and the pay was awful, and the job, the actual job description was, you know, piss poor, so like you could do it in your sleep, really, it was just yeah. data entry stuff, and you just go in with a hangover, and sometimes you go in with a hangover, and then it was only the afternoon you go, do you know what? I, I had conversations this morning that I can't really remember. So I don't think I was hungover this morning. I think I was still pissed. Yeah. And I was talking to people on the phone. I mean, I mean yeah. but when you don't care about your job, it doesn't no. really matter, does You it? sort of come to about 12 o'clock and think, oh, I'm here, am I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I have a shower? I don't know. Ah, better get to Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you used to enjoy a drink, I take it. Yeah, and I still do. But I suppose my tastes have changed now. Like I mentioned whiskey because I've got... I think I've got five different whiskies in this cupboard and I've got this weird 
I think a lot of men do it when they get into the 40s. They can't think, oh, I'll, get a, I'll, I'll get a collection of whiskey on the no, go. I'm going to say that I've got a collection of whiskey. Yeah. But I didn't like it until I was in my 30s. I hated it until about four years ago when I tried Glen Kinchy in Edinburgh, the fringe. My mate came up and he, he loved whiskey and he said, I'll try this. And it's basically very, very mild. And that, that was like the gateway drug <laughs> yeah. to, to then like a bit more JD. And then uh, is Jeff Daniels, is it the honey one? Yeah. I used to love that. And then I had it recently and I realised that's a whiskey for people who don't like whiskey because yeah. it's minging. I don't like it. Yeah, and it's I horrible. didn't like that. Um, but Jim Beam did a, a like the same. that cherry type oh, one. And no. I was like, oh, that's just horrible. Yeah. Although I will say that for like, considering the price of it, Jim Beam is a good drink. For the equivalent in other spirits and things, they were a bit rough. Yeah. I, mean, I could quite merrily chug away at this for absolutely ages. When I was at, when I was at uni, we used to buy, because JD, you know, it's like, what is it, sixteen ninety nine a bottle, or is it more? I don't even know. Like, yeah, it's about that. About it's, that. It's a bit more expensive than Jim Beam, but yeah, yeah, less than 20 quid usually. So we couldn't afford that as students, so they had this other one. What was it called? Something Jack? Was It, it wasn't Scrumpy Jack, because that's the side that it was something like Cowboy Jacks. I mean, in, in hindsight, it sounded fucking horrific. But the, it, it was right next to the, the JD, but it was six ninety nine, And you used to buy it, and you'd drink it, and you go, do you know what, that tastes exactly the same with Ian <laughs> But then, then you'd go to another party, and someone would have JD, yeah. and you'd taste that, and you go, oh, hang on, we've been drinking piss, haven't yeah. we? That was absolutely foul. But we, yeah. we used to have a corner shop uh, when we were at university, and I only ever went in it for two purposes. One was to top up the electricity card that we had. And the other one was to buy a bottle of wine that he used to sell, and it was 99p. Oh, God. And it was called Finn Bouquet. Finn Bouquet? <laughs> is, that, is that Hyacinth's daughter? <laughs> yeah. And it didn't even have, like, it didn't have a cork, and it didn't even have a screw top. It had this weird wax seal on the top of it that you had to pull <laughs> off. It was too cheap, even, to, for them to care whether some of it came out. Yeah. It was just awful. <laughs> Drank that by the hundred load. God knows what my insides look like after that. Yeah, I used to live, when I was a, a student, I used to live in a, a, a student flat, and at the back there was a It's a Screen pub. I don't know if they're still going. I think they were a national chain, weren't they? Oh, yeah. It's a Screen. There was one here for a while was when it closed down. So yeah, there used to be a few by ours. And you got a yellow card, and if you had a yellow card, you got like, I don't know, 30p off all your drinks, which, you know, that, that was a lot of money because the drinks were only like a quid or something. And on a Thursday, it was something like 70p a drink. For anything. So we used to go in and get like a, a crate of hooch. Like a 24 oh bottles of hooch and put it on the table. And it'd be gone in like, you know, 10 minutes because there'd be loads of people just coming and drinking it. The next day, I'd get up and feel like fine. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Like, I don't yeah, know how. It's age, isn't it? It's, it's quite depressing. But then again, I sometimes think it's quite good that age slows you down because there are, I also find there are better things to spend your money on yeah. now. Well, I suppose especially if you've got if you've got kids, they they they, they suck all your resources. Yeah, really? well, sleep isn't now my new vice. Like a yeah. good night's sleep. I was I was in Brighton on Wednesday doing a show there, and I was staying in the hotel, and I didn't have a drink afterwards, and I just had the most amazing night's sleep. And I woke up the next day, and I, I just felt like amazing. And I thought this is better than being drunk and then hungover. But but then there's a part of me going, oh my god, you're so boring. You know, well, yeah, but no. But, but it's not boring, no. and I think that's that's a problem that we we kind of talk a lot of the time about. If you're not having a drink, you're being boring. I know you joke with your friends about that when you're in your twenties, and you say, "Oh, come on, why aren't you drinking? Oh, come on, don't be a pussy, have a drink." You know, I'm driving. Oh, that doesn't matter. You can have one. I mean, even that's stupid. And that I think that just carries on as a kind of social norm that if you're not drinking, you must there must be something inherently wrong with you, or you used to be an alcoholic. Yeah. And actually, I just want to get a good night's sleep. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, because it does affect your sleep, doesn't it? Totally. Not least because, like, especially if you're drinking pints. Now, oh, I, yeah. I have to get up, like, three times in the night for a wee. What was I thinking? Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? And you're just, like, looking at yourself in the mirror going, you're a disgrace. I've <laughs> <laughs> only had two pints, but I feel like I've let myself down. Yeah. I sometimes think that that, that version of you at like four o'clock in the morning is actually the best version of you the one that actually says you're not going to do this again but then yeah if only you could stick to that if only that version of you was a bit more you know present yeah. when you're waiting for bargain booze to open in your pajamas <laughs> <laughs> oh we haven't got a bargain booze I don't know if they're, are they still I don't know they might not off licenses are a thing of the past to be honest now yeah supermarkets are so cheap yeah you know bring it home bit of moonshine in the back <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up 
in Liverpool, obviously, from the, from the accent. Is Liverpool an intrinsically boozy place, do you think? Yeah, probably. I suppose like a lot of cities, like the city centre life is very much... It's a, it's a club and pub scene, or bar and club scene. And I suppose there's like a new wave that a lot of the metropolitan cities and I don't I can't really speak for the other parts of the country because I, I, I don't know because I don't really go around all the boozers anymore but all the kind of real ales and craft ales have come mm. in and it has turned having a pint into a slightly different experience because you're not just going to have a pint for the sake of it there is a choice and some of the pints are really nice and you can actually like you know go to some you know I went to the brew dog the brew dog have got a bar in Liverpool. In fact, I went there with my wife. I got I got one of these vouchers where you get like I don't know, you get some kind of drinks and you get a, a snack. I got it for Christmas. And we went last year in about July. And I was I love brew dog. You know, little bottles of brew dog at home. And we went to this brew dog bar and I was like, oh my god, they've got loads. They've got they've got every different type of brew dog on draft. This is amazing. And I said to the barman, This is amazing. How long have you been here? Thinking he'd say like yeah. oh, a couple of weeks. He went, Oh, you've been here six years. It's like, <laughs> that's how often I go out. And that's how much it's changed. So I'm perhaps not the right person to ask, but I know that like you, you can't just get away with selling Stella Foster's Guinness anymore. Yeah. You can have that, but you've got to have something else as well. Otherwise people will go people's tastes have developed dramatically. And I know as grow as as a kid growing up there was a lot of booze on the park, you know, as a teenager. Yeah. It was just that was just like Saturday night. after the age of about fifteen, that was Saturday night. Have a have a drink. What were you drinking? Um Diamond White. Oh god. And White Lightning and Super Strongbow. And it because It's Sat- no wonder you wear glasses, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We used to we used to drink two cans of Super Strong Bow each, and then have a game of three and in, which was the, you know football. So one of you would be in goal, and the, the other three would be trying to score. And it's just like the funniest, th- still the funniest thing I've ever done was this one game where we were just we, the goalie was throwing up, and we were still trying to score past them. <laughs> and uh, and then it was, uh, I think as I got a little bit older, I was about seventeen, eighteen. I just wanted to go into town and go to actual bars and clubs because yeah. I was old enough. And I looked old enough from about the age of 16 anyway. And all my mates were just happy to hang around in the park still drinking. I was like, oh, this, this, that was the time I knew I had to find some additional friends yeah. who were, who were going to help me realise my dream of going eight miles down the road into town. Yeah, because to just, pay a lot more. You, yeah, but you grow out of the park. You know, drinking yeah. in the park is fun. But, you know... Well, actually, I never really went through that stage, to be honest, because my parents were relatively cool about drinking. Oh, that's at, good. Well, no, they weren't. My parents were totally cool about <laughs> drinking. And I had a couple of friends who were sort of like that as well. So, yeah, we didn't do part drinking. I didn't feel the need to hide it from my parents. Were your parents drinkers? Did you Did you see? Yeah, maybe, not me mum. My mum had the odd one. My dad, my dad used to drink, you know, probably still does. And they weren't really, they weren't dead straight. My mum and dad were dead relaxed, really. I think from from about the age of seventeen, anyway, I'd, they were happy for me to drink in the house. Any younger than that, I, I'm not, I don't really remember that being a good thing. I do remember coming home. My mum and dad had gone out, and I was babysitting my younger brother. He's only two years younger than me, and he he was sat on the sofa, and he just looked odd. It was only about nine o'clock, and I went, "You all right?" And he went, "I'm, I'm absolutely fine." <laughs> just like really, po- and now I know if anyone puts the posh voice on. They're trying to hide something. I said, are you sure? Because you look a bit ropey. He went, no, I'm fine. And then he just threw up everywhere. And it was the most, like, disgusting. And I was trying to put him to bed. But, you know, he was just, he was lying on the floor. But apparently he'd just gone into my mum and dad's spirit cabinet and just drank a bit of everything and not felt pissed immediately. So then drank a bit of everything again. Not understanding how it works. Well, you're not always familiar with what the feeling of pissed actually is. No. Really. It's never sort of happened to you before. No. You don't know what it is that you're feeling. When was the first time you were drunk? Um, oh, wow. I think it was when I was about 15. And my mate's sister, older sister, got some booze for us to drink on the park. And she was about 19, so I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what she was doing. I don't think I'd be buying booze for 15 year olds. And there was, I think, there was four of us. And I, I don't think I drank that much, but I felt a bit, a bit. I suppose the word would be squiffy. Yeah. One of the lads was absolutely just off his head, and like I, I think at that age, you feel like being drunk means that you can't just talk bollocks. You've got to run through flower beds and jump <laughs> roundabouts and climb up people's fences and shout offensive words. And he was doing that, and I was. 
I, I, I've always been quite sensible, you know. So, like, even at that point, I was trying to distance myself from this kerfuffle that was developing. And me and one of the other lads just ended up walking on the streets for a while until it wore off because I, I felt I just felt a bit odd. I wasn't really enjoying it at first. Yeah. And well, then, sometimes you have to power through. You've got to power through, yeah, because it doesn't taste very nice either. It found it. I wasn't someone who liked the taste of booze to begin with. I just thought it was minging. Yeah. And it took me a while to kind of you know you've got to earn the right to to feel that way, haven't you? You've yeah. Got to, you've got to work at it. Yeah, I mean, there's some booze that are still now, you know, it's never really grown on me. I, I got very, very drunk on cider mm. when I was about 16 or 17. And I have, even the smell of cider, still now, like 30 years, yeah. or not quite 30 years later, I, I just can't, it, it, something clicked in my brain now and I just can't, I can't yeah. bear the thought of it. I think tequila does that to me. That cider to a degree, but I think I've managed to get over that, but tequila, because I, I remember when that television song was out, it must have been about 99, 98, oh, yeah. tequila, yeah. it makes me vomit. <laughs> and it, I used to go to this uh, club in Liverpool called the Crazy House, which was the rock club, and it was three floors of well, essentially the same music on every floor, but like you, you know, it made you feel like you had a choice. And, and their policy, and this is how they got people like me and other assorted scumbags to go, was it was two for one on drinks. So you buy a pint and you get two. So it was, you know, it was, and it was dead cheap anyway. So it was like two pound ten for two pints of Strongbow. So you just be everyone would buy a buy a round and you get two drinks each, and you just and Strongbow ice came out, and I remember thinking, oh, this is really nice, and just being so sick. Like, I've, I've never gone back to Strongbow ever again. No. Never. But tequila was the same. Just throwing up and then carrying on, on with the night. Just puking up and then carrying on with the yeah. night. Jesus Christ. There used to be expressions for that. And amongst my friendship group, it used to be called Making Room, which is just <laughs> repulsive. Yeah. It's such a disgusting <laughs> thing. It's not bulimic, say, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, she's Don't gone on to make room. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. But yeah, just, just carrying on. Until someone told you to stop, and it was usually because it was a bouncer and they were throwing you out. Yeah, I was in um, I was in a band when I was, I suppose I was fifteen. When I was called? in a band, we were called DBH. We were like a new metal sort of post grunge band, and we were very heavy in our singer. Do you remember that um, advert? Belly's gonna get you. And Nike Bernie's gonna get you. That was our singer singing. That's the kind of music we were doing. It was really like you know aggressive stuff. We were, we were dead nice lads. We were very polite young people who'd been brought up well, but we didn't sound that way. But we 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 got a record deal when we were seventeen. So we started doing tours like on this tour bus, and the tour bus was owned by the band Space, who had a few hits in the late nineties. Oh, 90s, uh, the female know, of the species, female of the species, um, and all the others that I can't remember. Oh God, they're that bad. Yeah, I guess those memories. But I drank. We we got. We didn't get a ride that often because we were just doing like shitty venues. But we got um, a crate of beer once, and I remember drinking loads of it and then mixing it with vodka and whiskey on the way back from a gig and puking up all over the van. So and and the van had carpet on the walls <laughs> and the ceiling and and it was like this sort of vomit stalactite hanging from the <laughs> hanging from the ceiling and it was all over this, this sleeping bag that someone had lent me. And I had to the next day with a hangover. I had to go back and like scrub this this oh, tour bus. And I was thinking, Motley Crue wouldn't be you know <laughs> scrubbing up their own shite. Have someone else to do it. But I had done it, and it was fair enough that I cleaned it up. But I just that was just from mixing drinks. And even to this day, I try not to mix my drinks where I can because I puked up so many times. Yeah, it's interesting because music is a much like comedy. You know, it has the facade that it is intrinsically losing. Yeah. But you, know, you and I know about comedy that actually it's not. Some for some people it is, but I know a lot of comedians that they just they have to drive, they get yeah. in the car, they come home. I've got a lot of comedian friends I've known for a lot of time, years that I've never ever seen pissed or yeah. been pissed with, which yeah. is crazy. No, I and, and I think since Jonglers died, that was the only time I used to drink after gigs because I'd always be in a hotel, and they give you free beer, and I didn't have kids. And I just thought, well, I'm, I'm stuck in Cardiff. The gig was unbelievably shite. Let's have a drink. And then the Saturday had come, and I just spent the whole day dreading the next gig the next night. Do that gig, get away with it, and think, well, let's have another drink then. Yeah. And then get if, if someone's giving you free booze and you're in a hotel and you've got no kids, yeah. you, you're just going to get legless, aren't you? So what about, like, I know you don't do drinking on stage, but what about the sort of creative... Process. Does, do you ever do that? I can't write. Maybe a drink will kickstart that for me. Does that happen to you? I haven't done that, 
and I, if I was going to do that, I think I'd probably rather like take LSD or mushrooms or yeah. something, which I wouldn't do either. But that's probably going to be help, more helpful for me. Having said I, that, I agree with that. Yeah, because I just think that I think it does something different to your brain. It puts you into a different of, state. Yeah. Or just smoking a joint, I think, because yeah. it just puts you into a different state of mind. And I think great comedy comes from approaching existing subjects from a different angle mm. that no one's ever come at it from before. And you can do that with a spidergram when you're on the train, or you can take some, you know, hallucinogenics. Yeah. <laughs> and I know what one I'd rather do, but. I've got kids, so I, I do stay sensible. <laughs> and I get the train and I get the paper out. It's like whenever I see people do that thing where they um, say, has anyone got any tips for writing? You know, yeah. like on Twitter. I always respond with the words, go and have a shower, which is probably my second favourite like, yeah, thing yeah. on the list because, yeah, number one would always be have a spliff. That, yeah. that will do it for you, but you can't say that publicly. Obviously. No, no, no. Although I have just said it. Although you have just said it. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying I do that, but I think I probably would help if I did. Yeah. Although I do have... Quite a lot of ideas for stuff when I'm out with my mates and I'm having a drink, or out with my wife having a drink, because you, again, you do approach things from a slightly different angle, albeit a slightly more loud, repetitive angle. Yeah. But it does, you know, at least I think a lot of good comedy ideas come from um, when things are getting bounced about. So if you're, it depends what, what your friendship group's like, but my yeah. friendship group from school, we end up just talking absolute shite in a funny, interesting way. Well, I think it's funny. I mean, I'm sure it's yeah. a table next to us. It's not, but that just means that I'm the dickhead who, when something funny gets said, I think, oh, I'm going to write that down on my phone. Yeah. And I'm, I'm making notes on my phone and some and people are saying, are you writing that down? I'm like, yeah, because I think it's got legs, you know, I think yeah. it might be funny. At least you write it down, I think, make a mental note and then yeah. the next day it's completely gone. I know, yeah. I've done that too many times. I've, I've thought of stuff that literally, I think... I could be living on a beach in Malibu right now, yeah. but I didn't write it down, so I'm not. <laughs> Definitely. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We're talking about you and your your friends. When I spoke to Greg Jenner, mm. the, the historian, he hasn't drunk since he was 19. And he said one of the things that he felt like he'd missed out on is that a lot of male bonding happens around booze. Yeah. Has that been your experience? Is that, um, is that how men sort of sniff around each other and become friends? I suppose... When you're at that age when you're making friends, I feel like I've just kind of taken myself out of that equation. Whereas, like, I, like if someone wants to be friends now, I'm like, oh, sorry, mate, I think I'm full. Yeah. I've got three. And, and, you know, if one of them dies, maybe I'll give you the call. But um, I, I, I think it's certainly in my 20s it was. I mean, yeah. a lot of that was. And, and also friends with, you know, girl, I've got loads of girls who are friends. And I think a lot of that came through just going out and being sociable and getting drunk and getting wrecked and talking shit and having these uh, sort of random memories. Oh, do you remember when this happened or that happened? And you're going, no, but we were there together. So now we're friends. I mean, perhaps there's been a, a little bit of a um, development in, in how, well, maybe it's an age thing. Certainly in your 40s, I don't think you need to be drunk with someone to understand that you're going to be, you're yeah. going to get on with them. I think you can just have a coffee and, if there's a bit of chemistry or you get on with the yeah. you know with the same things. But if I'd not drunk since I was nineteen, I feel like I would have missed out on a lot of stuff. So I don't I don't I certainly don't regret all those yeah. all that money I spent and all that. Oh, that there's, money. there's a 
there's a cash point on a street called Rodney Street in Liverpool. In fact, it's not there anymore. The cash point's gone. It's now it's now a bar. But there was a, there used to be a HSBC bank called Midland Bank before that, and that was right by my student flat. And it was right by all the bars I used to go to. And a few years after finishing uni, I used to walk past that cash point and think, if I could just have twenty percent of the money that I took out of that cash point over the last five years, yeah. I would be so rich. I would have, you know, because the, the amount of money. I must have got out of that just to piss up the wall. But it was great at the time. And I say that as someone who's not still in the 40s going out every Friday and Saturday yeah. night. Although I'd like to now and again. Yeah, I, I suppose it, it just it relaxes people, doesn't it? And it makes people feel more able to just, I don't know, have a conversation, have a laugh. A lot of, a lot of friendships are built on humour and laughter and sharing a joke. And I think you, it's easier to think you find someone funnier when you've had a drink. Yeah. Which is why it's tough with this tour, actually, because no one's drinking. No well, one's drinking. Okay, I was going to ask you about that, because I, I spoke to the Scummy Mummies, who are your sort of, your female equivalent, I suppose, yeah. they're talking about about similar issues. They have a really, really boozy crowd. That's great. Like, sort of hen party level wow. boozy crowd. Yeah. You don't. I haven't so far. Newcastle was different, but that's Newcastle, isn't it? And that was brilliant, by the way. I'm not slagging it off. It was just there was there's a load of uh, loads of nans in who'd started drinking at like midday. <laughs> Honestly, because they, they tweeted me going, we're, "We're coming see you tonight. We're on the ale already." And I was like, "Fucking hell! I'm still in Liverpool. I haven't even got on the train yet." <laughs> they were just absolutely. And, I, and I, I went on and I said, oh, where, "Where are the nans?" And before I finished the question, like right in the middle, there they are. But no, it's not been that boozy, and and it it has made me just have to adjust how I feel about how the gigs going. Yeah, because people are really enjoying it, but it's just it's not as boisterous because people aren't bladders, you know. Yeah. But there has been exceptions. Certain gigs have been a bit more boozy than others. The weekend ones tend to be a little bit more, um, you know, drinky. But one gig I said, who's drinking? And there must have been two hundred people, and three people put their hands up. They didn't even cheer; they just put their hands up and I said, oh, "What are you drinking?" They said, oh, uh, I'm having a cup of tea. I was like, oh, right, okay. That was, I think that was one of the first shows. I thought, okay, this is just going to be no booze, and it hasn't been quite that, but um, everyone's got little kids. Yeah. So, you know, they want to uh, they want to get home. Like what I was saying earlier, they don't want to be shit-faced the next day. So your audience is largely female, though, yeah? Mainly female, yeah. 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 I think it's just because I think mums would rather read... And enjoy stuff about parenthood, whereas I think dads think, well, I'm doing that. I yeah. don't need to read about it as well. I, I, what, what's been really nice is, is mums who've dragged, and I mean that, dragged their husband to one of my shows. And the husband said to me afterwards, mate, I thought that was going to be absolutely shit, and I really enjoyed that. Why would that be? That's so weird. I don't know. I think it's because they think, oh, a man talking about his kids, it's going to be like an NCT class, or it's going to be like, he's going to be all talking, touching his feelings. You know, and there is elements of that in the show, but... You've seen me do stand up. I'm yeah. not like I'm not like a very very effeminate comedian or anything like that. And I, ne- neither do I think I'm too very lad 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 sort no. of thing. So I'm putting somewhere in the middle. But it just means that I don't know what they're expecting. I but that's actually why it's important that you talk about stuff like that because you know men don't talk about no. their feelings or their emotions, yeah. and you know I'm led to believe they have them. Uh, well, and quite commonly when they don't, they end up drinking. <laughs> yeah, mean, it seems like a, a yeah, weird yeah. part yeah. to me. Drinking to to hide them, drinking to deal with the fact that they've not ever spoke about them, or yeah. drinking just to sort of block out the noise, which is really sad. Yeah, you know, I think if you're drinking for a negative reason, I think that's that's quite sad. And I don't mean sad isn't sad. I mean it's quite depressing that you've not been able to access help somewhere else or find another platform to be able to get those feelings out in the open. I'm not attacking anyone who does this, by the way, because yeah. you know, that's the reality. And the way that mental health services are stretched in this country is really quite debilitating for everyone. But it's an easy crux, isn't it? It's an easy... Yeah. You know. And also because, I mean, again, I'm going to come back to the conversation I have with this coming mummies. You know, everybody, sort of, not everybody, but there's this kind of element of... Mums get judged quite a lot, don't they? People like to be yeah. in the media or just the woman at the bus stop. You know, people like to sort of throw their oar in. And yeah. sort of men escape that a little bit. But also it means that men don't get to talk about the sort of the good things about it. And 
Yeah, probably. I mean, our, gen- our parents, I mean, I don't know how hands-on your dad was, but my dad wasn't particularly... I mean, he spent time with us, but pretty much our day-to-day was yeah. provided by my oh, mum. Yeah, the same. and the cooking and the... Yeah. The, who's going to walk you to brownies? All of that. It's all my mum, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember my dad ever taking me and my brother out on his own, ever. I mean, until we were kind of teenagers. Like, it was always my mum. And, and my, dad, my dad was brilliant. I love my dad. He was, he's a fantastic dad. But the role was he, he, he worked Monday to Friday and most Saturdays as well. Yeah. He just wasn't there. My, my mum was. What did he do? Worked for British Telecom. He, he, I think he worked there for like 30, 40 years, maybe. Yeah, so. He used to sneak us into the exchange, and we'd um, you know those all those phone lines you you get in like the back of smash hits, yeah, like the quiz lines. We used to phone them, not nothing mucky. <laughs> um, when I was like thirteen, fourteen, he'd smuggle us in, and they were like I don't know a pound a minute or something, and it was shit. But it was before like computers, and yeah, well we had like a Commodore sixty four, but before the internet and all that, so it was kind of like cutting edge. And uh, I used to sit in there for, like, for hours and phone them, so I used to do that, I suppose. And I can say that now because it doesn't work for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they expect a large bill in, in the post. You seem to have quite a sensible attitude to joking. You're, from what you can gather, your parents had a relatively mm. sensible attitude. Do you, do you feel that sort of element of, you know, I am their dad, I should be giving them a half-decent role model to aspire to? A little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot. I suppose a, a little bit to begin with, but at the, at the beginning I was thinking, ah, well, they don't—they're not going to remember this, are they? Yeah. They're not going to remember if I'm, you know, quaffing wine in front of them because they're only three months old. But now I am aware that behaviour is learnt, mm. and you've got to be able to, you know, stand by what you're doing. Even just using your phone in front of them too much, I, you know, sometimes they'll—it might be a quote-unquote important email that I'm yeah. responding to or it might just be a Facebook message that I'm, you know, a Facebook comment that I'm liking yeah. or whatever. None of this really matters but in if you're in the middle of it it feels like it's really quite important. I'll just get this finished and let me take a second but me, one of my lads is saying daddy, daddy, daddy and it takes me longer than it should to go what son? And yeah. I, that's not acceptable so I try to wait I can't put my phone away in the same way that perhaps when they're a little bit older I might think about that with booze whether that is something that I want them to I wouldn't want them to see me drinking on a Monday morning. But yeah. then I, I, I don't drink on a Monday morning currently, but that might change. Because, yeah. you know, who knows what the future's going to well, be? Well, we all might be living in the street. We might. We're yeah. living in bins, yeah. Oh, God. When we leave the EU, I mean, who knows? Booze might be the, like, the, the new fuel. Yeah, it might be the thing that saves might us. Might be the most yeah. <laughs> thing. It's the thing that saves us. Yeah. Do you remember seeing your parents drunk? I remember seeing my dad drunk. I've only seen my mum drunk once. Once, because she she'd have one and then wouldn't drink anymore. She yeah. just didn't like being drunk. I don't think, and and that's just who she is. Used to see my uncle drunk a lot. I know my dad's dad was a heavy, heavy drinker. Died quite young. Never met him, but he was like you know, pretty much an alcoholic. Um, so I know there's a kind of it's in the genes, and it, it that, that's I've been more aware of that in the last five years. And I've never felt like I was going anywhere down that road whatsoever, but I've, it's always been in my head that, you know, if you've, if you've drank three nights running and you think, oh, I'll just have a glass of wine, I, yeah. I often go, nah, maybe don't, just tonight, just to just to check that you still can do that. Yeah. Not that I'm drinking to excess, but just drinking regularly. Um, because it's so nice at the end of the day to have a drink. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes... Sometimes you think, though, is I don't know what else would fulfil this role for mm. me now. I am... I mean, if I meet people, I try, I've tried recently to be conscious that if I'm going to meet someone, that I don't automatically pick a pub. Yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe we could pick a cafe. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, maybe we could wander around a museum or something. It doesn't <laughs> have to be we're going to go and sit in the pub yeah. and, and, and start drinking because I think that's... That's, it sort of became like a general meeting mm. place for me for for such a long time. So what would your perfect, your sort of best case, if you were going to have a, a drink now, you think what would be, who would you have me having it with, where would you be, you know, what would you have? This is going to sound pretty unadventurous, but I'd probably have it with my wife because I feel like I've hardly seen her recently. And when I was in Brighton on Wednesday, I was Brighton's just a great place to be mm. and I was looking around and I, I'd done the gig and I went back to the hotel and I was sat there and I was thinking... It's a shame my missus isn't here because we'd have a great time. Yeah. Just, I don't know what we'd do. We'd just go around a couple of pubs. And obviously we don't see each other. We don't have quality time together in the evening as much as we used to because the kids are obviously taking priority. 
Um, so probably my wife. I'm probably in some kind of hipster pub with that sort of typical... What is, what's the sort of... It's not, is it chipboard? Is it chipboard? Yeah. All that sort of shit and all the kind of fancy named beers. Yeah. I'd lo- I love that. And, yeah. and have a nice beer and I'd probably have a little whiskey to go with it. Yeah, that's nice. And I'd be, I'd be like a pig in shit. There is a time and a place for a pint. Yeah. And, yeah. Although I'm not a big fan of the... A sort of... I don't know. The bit, people always say, oh, you'll like this one. Here's a, here's a nice ale. Here's yeah. a craft beer. Here's a bitter. You'll like it. And I think... It's alright, but I still don't think it be... And it might just be habit. It might yeah. just be I have gone to lager for yeah. such a long time now. But I, I haven't got a huge amount of time for the fancy stuff. And also, it's... I mean, I don't know how much it costs to drink in Liverpool, but certainly around here, you don't get much change for... Well, you don't get any change from a tenner for two drinks no, at all. No, it's about the same, yeah. Yeah, and I can remember a time where you could, like, take a fiver to the pub, you got two pints out of it, you got a game of pulp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, still have enough money for a uh, bag of chips on the way home. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> a bit, like, in the uh, jukebox or something, but... Yeah, I think proportionately it's more expensive to drink than when I was younger. I'd say so. But I think because I don't drink much, when I do, I really want to have one that I like. Yeah. And I remember being in a hotel not so long ago and going to the bar and thinking, I'll get, I'll get a drink before, you know, before I go to bed. And I looked at the beer on selection and it was Stella and Foster's. And I think that was it. And I just thought, mm, I'd rather just not drink. And I just went to bed. Cool. And I, I remember lying in bed going, well, you've changed because that's a real big sea change, just because I thought, I don't even like the taste of those things anymore, I don't think. No. I'm just a snob, I'm a knobhead, and I'm a, you know, if I had hair, I'd probably have a man bun, but thank God I don't. <laughs> I don't know if you can make a man bun out of ear hair, but if you can, <laughs> I should do it. So, uh, how long is your tour going on for? So, it's started in October, and it's run until the end of March, but it's just been extended to the end of July now, so... In total, it's going to be about 55 dates, I think. So it's wow. it's loads, which is it's great. It's the most exciting, most most fun I've had on stage as a, as a comic because it's like the first time I've, I've ever had the opportunity to do a, a show that an audience are coming to see me, which is really unusual. You know, I've done Edinburgh a few times yeah. and you kind of get that, but a lot of that's just in how good your flyering's been. Whereas this is people who've been following my blog, read, read my book, and I've come along to watch. And it, it it's so nice. Like, I'm on stage in what... Uh, you know, forty minutes. I don't feel nervous whatsoever because I know everyone's come to see me, and I will be before the show. But yeah. I'll just be excited. Whereas a circuit gig, you know, twenty minutes before, I'm just like, right, okay, I need to win these fuckers over because yeah. they're going to look at me. They don't care who I am, and they're going to judge. And it's and it changes who you are as a comic. I think you get a bit lazy because you you've got to go for the the easiest laugh. Do you miss? Seeing other comedians, though. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. It's so good to see you. So, <laughs> this is so nice. And there's been a couple of shows that I've done in it, it was Newcastle. Again, it was uh, Finn Taylor just done his tour show in the early slot, and I was doing the late slot. So we just bumped into each other in the dressing room, and we don't really know each other. We've met, I think, once before, but both of us had a lovely conversation. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is like proper, you know, proper green room stuff, talking about just, just shit, really, yeah. you know. Coming off stage, and this is where I decided to stop drinking because the first three dates of the tour, it was such a mind-blowing experience to do these gigs to, you know, a few hundred people who who absolutely loved the show and were there to see me and you do an hour and a half rather than 20 minutes or whatever and then, you know, I was meeting people afterwards and, and people had brought books to sign and it was just all just overwhelming. It was just really, really, you know, I was really flattered by it all. And then I'd go back to the dressing room and I'd be like, Oh, fuck, there's no one here. And I remember in Bristol, it was a Friday night, and I looked looked in the mirror, and I just said to myself, what do we do now, Sam? <laughs> like, like, I was Gollum. Because I thought, I thought, like, I, what I should do is walk back to the hotel. But what I did do was walk about 200 yards down the street with a hat on to avoid everyone who was leaving the gig. Went into this wanky craft beer pub that I found, and sat on my own for about 40 minutes, had a couple of pints, until someone actually came over and said, oh, we've just been to see you, do you want to come and sit with us? And I didn't really, I didn't really want to sit with them, but I did, because I didn't want to be a dick. Yeah. And then I sat with them, they bought me another drink, and then I was just thinking, I've got to go, I've just got to get out of it, I just need to get back to the hotel. But then I had another drink at the hotel, 
And then after that, I just thought, you know what, I need to just stop drinking after the shows because otherwise, I'm, by the time I get halfway through the tour, I'm going to be fucking legless. Yeah. After every show, and I, so now what I try and do is I come off stage. The adrenaline is is difficult to deal with, so I just try and walk back to the hotel and, and I eat an apple <laughs> and I listen to a podcast. <laughs> And then by the time I get back to the hotel, I'm knackered and the adrenaline's wore off and I just go right to sleep. Yeah. You know, rock and roll, baby. No, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds quite, quite sensible. Because that's the danger, isn't it? When you've done something... I mean, I only have one rule with drinking and that's that I don't do it by myself. That's good. And that would be a situation in which, yeah, once you've done it once... Yeah. Would, because actually, is it by yourself if you're in a pub? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. yeah if I you mean, sat at the bar, you know, you technically... If you talk to the barman, mm. are you drinking by yourself? Yeah. Do you know what you, we used to play when we used to sit at the bar? We used to play this game where, you know, on films... It never happens in real life, but on films when someone sends a cocktail over to someone who's on their own at the bar and they say, I didn't order this. And you <laughs> yeah. No, it's from the gentleman over there with the glasses <laughs> and the bald head. <laughs> and we, me and mate used to practice what face do you pull when they look over? And we used to like, this is not going to work on an audio podcast, but... You know, it was kind of like, you know, like, try and look as sleazy as fuck, yeah. basically. And it that, that game, you could play for hours. It's great. Never done it, though, because I'm not a sleazebag. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll do it in the hotel tonight. I, I had a friend who used to do a stupid thing like that, but he used to go into a pub and um, he would ask if they knew someone and he would say, like, do you know Big Dave? Oh. And um, the barman would say... No, I don't. Well, sometimes periodically they'd say they do, and this joke would backfire completely. And they yeah. go, "Oh yeah, he's over there playing darts." But, um, <laughs> and uh, he used to say, "Okay," and they would get like twenty p out of his pocket, and he would slide across the bar and say, "Does that refresh your memory at all?" <laughs> it was so hilarious <laughs> to watch, but it was a joke that was only ever yeah. funny to us. Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. the bar staff always looked like. That's, Who that's is great. This flat? Yeah, but yeah, that used to make us laugh oh, a lot. That's great. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't drink, we wouldn't have had that, I suppose. Who is, I think, is it Nick Doody, the comedian Nick Doody? I don't want to butcher it, but I'm sure he's got this great routine about if you took booze out of all your stories, you just sound like an absolute mental patient. Yeah, you know, if well, you told the same stories but didn't mention that you were drinking. Yeah. It's like, oh my, because it kind of gives the... it. Gives the green light to all of these stories feeling like, oh, but you were drunk. Oh, I see. It yeah. makes sense. It's a lot yeah. funnier when he says it, obviously. Oh, and there are occasions that, yeah, you tell a story and people say, where are you drunk? And you think, well, maybe not as much as I should have been. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, let's, let's. you do use it as an excuse for stuff. I think there is a fine line between something that you definitely, absolutely, positively wouldn't have done yeah. and something that maybe, you know, your chance in your arm and it was nothing to do with the fact that you were, yeah. you were pissed. My wife always brings up the fact that you know, men who wee in wardrobes. Like, I've, I've never been that man, but I've never I've never done that. But there was an occasion where I was trying to in our house. We're not long moved in. And she said, what are you doing? And apparently my response was, I'm not pissing. And I was about to piss. And I used to live in a flat. And, and I was very drunk when I was about 25. Me and this girl used to share this flat. And I used to... Go out on a Thursday, get leathered, get home, drink like three pints of orange juice so that the hangover wouldn't be quite as bad the next day. And we bought this really cheap cordial from the, the local shop and it must have been filled with e-numbers. And that combined with the fact that I was pissed made me sleepwalk. And I had this, I've never really sleepwalked, but I had this dream I was banging on a door. I suddenly woke up and realised I was banging on a door in my underpants. It was my next door neighbour's door. And I, I, with my other hand, I grabbed the hand that was knocking. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what are you doing? And it was too late. I was like, oh shit. And my door had locked the, the door to our flat. And they just opened the door. And I was just, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm sleepwalking. I'm really, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they laughed, which was, I suppose, was the best yeah. reaction. And then they gave me a duvet and I slept on the stairs in the <laughs> fucking communal area. Like, I don't know why they didn't invite me in because we were, thought we were good friends but maybe maybe <laughs> maybe underpants was too much yeah maybe but that's that's I probably should have saved that for the uh, cheap cordial podcast <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I'm doing that one Carl, my dad used to used to sleepwalk when he was drunk he'd go wandering he used to work on a Saturday as well and he'd go to the pub have a couple of pints after work come home have a sleep wake up we'd all watch the 18 yeah, yeah 5.15 that was Saturday but sometimes you know if he'd had like a bad day at work 
or he hadn't ate his dinner, he'd come home, he'd be really just gone. And uh, that's when he used to, always when he slept on the sofa, never yeah. when he was like in bed, he'd yeah. like get up. And I can remember once, I was sitting watching the television on a Saturday afternoon and my dad just stood up and he walked out of the room and he walked out the front door and I saw him in the front garden and I suddenly thought, oh God, he's having a wee. Oh God. <laughs> I, ran, I had like run into the kitchen and I was like, Dad's waiting in the front garden. And my mum was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so he had to, we had to be quite careful with him. With yeah. His, well, he had to watch his sleep walk because, yeah, that is... That is not good. I got into bed with me mate and his missus once <laughs> and was spooning his missus. And, uh, and he said, Sam, what the fuck are you doing? I remember. And I, he said, you're in my bed. And I said to him, no, you're, you're both in my bed. As if they both got into my bed. And then I realised what I was doing. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He said, never wake a sleepwalk. I don't know why that is, but he woke me up and I'm glad yeah. he did. All the other unattractive stuff you do when you sleep is worse when you've been drinking as well, like mm. snoring or like yeah. talking or... Yeah, my sister, her and I used to share a bedroom and she was a massive talker. Oh, was she? Yeah, but if she'd had a drink, I mean, yeah. full-on conversations <laughs> she could be having in the, uh, in the middle of the night. But yeah, she's not a particularly heavy drinker, fortunately. Yeah. But yeah. I did that thing the other day where I fell asleep with my central heating on, and that's like waking up with a hangover. Oh, it is. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, I've just been mouth breathing oh, all night. <laughs> I reckon it's absolutely disgusting. Thank you so much, Sam. It's been really lovely to see you, and it's been we've had fun. Thanks right, for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. How can people get hold of you if they want to? They can. Facebook is Sam Avery Learner Parents. Uh, Instagram the Learner Parents, and go on my website www. No one says that anymore, do they? I'm yeah. bringing it back. HTTP <laughs> colon forward slash uh, thelearnerparent.com basically. It's all on there. So uh, yeah, come and say hello. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.